Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. It's July 6th, 1928, and another remarkable event is about to be uncovered by Aria, Rebecca, and Ali, the Retrospectors. According to the advert that was published on the 6th of July, 1928, sliced bread is the greatest forward step in the baking industry since bread was wrapped. People were crying out for sliced and wrapped bread. This was one year after the invention of the modern pop-up toaster. And if you think about it, until the invention of the modern pop-up toaster, people, you know, you had toasting forks to toast your piece of bread on. Or you get your staff to do it. With your ironed newspaper, um, <laughs> but until the invention of the of the pop up toaster, you, it didn't really matter how thick your bread was. It was just however thick you wanted right. it to be. That was the first thing that made you have to have some kind of uniformity to your slices. Exactly. Right. There was no no regulation. Yes. So the inventor of sliced bread was this guy Otto Rowader, who was an Iowa born, Missouri based. Uh, this I loved. I found it somewhere. He was an itinerant jeweler. I don't really know what that means, but I guess he was homeless. I think I know what it means. And, and I'm going to take issue with your description of him as the inventor of sliced bread. I mean, that is patently ridiculous. People had sliced bread for hundreds <laughs> right, of sorry. years. Yes. But he was the inventor of the sliced bread machine. Um, and I think what they mean by itinerant jeweler is that this basically was his side hustle. I find this quite reassuring for any of us that are working on projects in our spare time because he, his degree was in optics. And he owned three jewellery stores. And basically, of an evening, he developed the world's first bread slicing machine because he had a vision. In 1917, a fire destroyed his prototype and the blueprints 11 years before he finally got around to building the thing. Like, can you imagine being married to this man every evening for 11 years? No, 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 <laughs> I can't sit and toast at the fire like some <laughs> heathen. The reasons have been kind of lost to history as well. I mean, there's there are a few things, you know, online they describe him as, you know, a keen amateur inventor, which is one thing, but his origin story has kind of been lost in the mists of time. We don't know why No, bread. we don't know why itinerant. Uh, <laughs> there's so many things we don't know. Because he's restless, because he had a dream. <laughs> but I do find that, I, I found that also reassuring, given that he'd had this epiphany for the bread slicing machine a good 16 years before the thing came out. That's another thing for anyone with a side hustle. Don't worry about it. Give it 16 Mm. years. You'll come good in the end. But ultimately, the machine was brought out by the Chillicote Baking Company in 1928, and it was an instant success. Within two years of this machine coming out, 90% of all bread sold in America was produced by a bread slicing machine. But the historic machine itself from Chillicote is no more because it fell apart after six months of heavy use. And the one that you can now see in the Chillicote Slice Bread Museum or similar, (laughs) uh, on loan from the Smithsonian, is the second machine, which had been created for Corn's Bakery in Davenport, Iowa, in itself a historic bakery, uh, which had been written about as early as 1880. People were saying that the owner was very progressive, very interested in the future of baking, and there's an astonishing photograph of the staff from his bakery in 1903 imagine what they look like quite serious people Mm. sitting around a giant pretzel (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, well, also quite progressive is the Chilicot Constitution Tribune newspaper. They actually deigned to report on the uh, debut of the bread slicing machine on the 6th of July uh, 1928. And they noted that while some people might find sliced bread, quote, startling, the housewife <laughs> could expect a thrill of pleasure when she first sees a loaf of this bread with each slice the exact counterpart of its fellows. Well, one of the things actually that they had done experiments on before the release of this machine was actually what the correct slice width was. And they found it to be about half an inch or 1.27 centimetres. Um, so for a long time, that was kind of the regulation size, which I suppose would have uh, tied in nicely with toaster manufacturers. Uh, one thing I found weird about that research as well was that he, he carried it out. This was actually before he, he take, brought the bread machine out. So he was really just doing this as a private citizen he took out ads in newspapers to poll housewives on optimum bread thickness and get this he got you have to keep in mind that facebook groups hadn't been invented yet he got thirty thousand responses wow yeah but that is absolutely a progenitor of what you get on social media now isn't it take this personality test and it all seems fun and harmless and like madly people click through what sort of bread are you <laughs> yeah <laughs> I'm a toasty. You are sourdough. <laughs> <laughs> I did see a Facebook post the other day that had a picture of a cutlery drawer and it said, you know, please tell me this is the right way to put your cutlery. And it was, you know, like knife, fork, spoon or something. And that had like mm. thousands of comments underneath people saying what order they put their cutlery in the cutlery drawer. Well, so they know they're voting that. in the next Russian general election. Well, maybe one of the reasons that there were so many responses to a poll like that is the popularity of bread, which today is the most eaten foodstuff in the world. Obviously, bread dates a long, long way back. It started 30,000 years ago, according to the archaeological records that we're able to dig up. And then the commercialization of yeast started in 300 BC in ancient Egypt. Ancient Mesopotamians, uh, then refined flour about 800 BC. So this has been going on for a long time. In 1943, there was a short-lived ban on sliced bread as a paper-saving measure in the USA. It only lasted six weeks. The New York Times printed a letter from a housewife complaining about this. And it was actually, although they printed it with a sort of tongue-in-cheek vibe to it because it was from a woman a contribution from a woman (laughs) it was actually quite you know touching she described how she had four children and a husband who obviously couldn't be expected to cut his own bread so she had to cut 10 slices in the morning and 20 slices at lunchtime etc and i I thought well you know it's true that that must have been like quite a you know quite time-saving measure for the average housewife and it it was hold on they were trying to save paper but they printed a letter about it in the newspaper (laughs) and they obviously sold loads of copies because they ended up doing a u-turn on the band just wrapping bread up in that newspaper wrap the bread up in the newspaper exactly like good old british fish and chips had it right all along (laughs) but the current trajectory is away from the thing that came to be uh the Mm. sort of american loaf you know white bread sliced all neat you know lots of preservatives and actually there's been a sort of rebellion against that more recently and and the last time they did a study on this in the uk white sliced sales were down 12 percent in the five years to 2017 which isn't surprising given the sort of appearance of artisanal bakeries and the rise of sourdough and the you know this sort of encouragement for people to both do their own or at least buy it from a local baker rather than just going straight to the supermarket for the soft stuff yeah my house is full of bread now like there are so many different types of bread like there's like baps of some description that we have at lunchtime there's bread that my wife bakes that's for the kids toast in the morning uh there are tortillas in the freezer there are naans in the cupboard when i was a kid growing up there was only like mother's pride and king's meal that was bread i didn't know that other types of bread existed i I did see the other day bbc archive had posted a news clip from the i think it was from the late 70s and it was basically about the rise of brown bread people were really talking as though 
brown bread was something you know quite new and surprising although obviously it's closer to you know whole just homemade wholemeal bread that's exactly the kind of vox pop that i love to watch on youtube people in the 1970s talk about the introduction of brown bread i can just imagine it i can see what they're wearing it's all very like faded palettes and women who are in headscarves and then they suddenly talk about their seven-year-old son or something and you're like wait 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 how old are you and they're a combination of people who are trying to like get away from the camera and those who desperately want to be there for another half hour yeah Yeah. even though they have no teeth i love that Turkey is the number one consumer of bread in the world. Uh, Per capita, people there consume 199 kilograms of bread per year, which is three times their own body weight. Again, per capita. They're at the nexus of all the great dips, though, aren't they? So that makes sense. And if you think about it, of all the restaurants you go to, who gives you the surplus of bread? It's the Turks, isn't it? Turks and Spanish. Uh, because there's, yeah. there's bread when you sit down. There's bread served with the appetizers. When you finish the basket of bread, there's always then a free refill of the bread. <laughs> it's like the bread is like the salt and pepper in the Turkish menu, isn't it? <laughs> so for a bonus point, do you know when the electric kettle was invented? Anyone got a guess on the electric kettle? I'll accept a year. But I will not accept a century. <laughs> 1952. Oh, I was going to say 1951. That's not very interesting, is it? 1959. Aaron, did you know it was 1952 or are you just incredible? I am just that incredible. I didn't know. No. That's amazing. You're bang on. 1952. William Russell invented the electric kettle. Well, the first electric kettle that automatically switched off, which I'm taking to be the benchmark for the first electric kettle. Before that, you could plug in some hot water and it would just burn your house down if you didn't come back in the room. (laughs) Which is what travel kettles still do sometimes. Beware. (laughs) I've been burned, literally. Tomorrow. Here's one thing when Tim Lovejoy does King of the Tin on Sunday brunch, but how do we measure whether the Colosseum is better than the Acropolis? Love the show? Support the show. Patreon.com slash Retrospectors. Part of the ACAST Creator Network.